0: hello everybody and of course welcome back to another episode of x talking ish with your boy x And this, you already know what to do. If you are on Facebook, please make sure you like and share this broadcast. If you are on our Facebook page, go ahead and hit that like button as well. If you are on YouTube and you're checking us out there, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and hit that notification bell so you can be notified for shows like this one in the future. And as well, if you are on, twitter checking us out on periscope you can check us out on x talking ish and as well with my personal page at x underscore williams 81 i'm gonna go ahead and retweet it right now so as always there's no excuse not to check us out the only reason why you don't want to check us out is just because you don't want to see our handsome faces on your feed, and that's understandable because I don't know why you don't want to miss out. I don't know. I mean, we right here for you. We right here. Look, look at these faces right here to present you some some great football analysts. I mean, you gotta take you gotta take what, what what we're giving. What we're giving you guys, right? I mean, we we can't be Shannon Sharp and Ocho Cinco, but I'm just I'm just saying. I mean, I feel like we I feel like we do a damn good job. Ish, what do you think?
1: I mean,
0: uh, I feel like we close enough, man. I guess uh you know, you know the Walmart you know, version relaxer relaxer we got the target version okay? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. one thing you're mm-hmm. not going to do on this show you're not going to disrespect me when it comes to walmart and uh, my wife had to get on me about that earlier when it comes to i was compare somebody to something and i said walmart and then she said no Target, right i said you know what you're correct you We all, all right look at the comment section right quick because as you can see fracture walnut is here and he is not Waiting for us, he's gonna comment and let people know that he is on time. And if anything, he was on time on time, meaning that he was here before us. So we shout out to you on now. Appreciate that as always. Fresh one that says, All aboard the Mayo train. Have you changed your thoughts on your quarterback? We will discuss that in a little bit once we get to those primetime Monday night football games. Just save that question for me if you don't mind. As well, he asks, Is that a Buffalo Beanie? Ish has on? Ish. Please let the people know that don't know. Let them know. You got to wreck your school. I, I know what's going on with that bison. That's not a bubble. That's a bison, okay? So please, is let the people know. If they don't know, let them know what you got on your head right
1: now. Yeah, you know, um, I don't normally shout it out, but I definitely had to shout it out this week. Uh, this weekend, my alma mater, um, the, the school that I was blessed enough to have an opportunity to play, play on um They play for the national championship at the D two level this Saturday, which is it's gonna be a crazy it's gonna be a crazy weekend because Saturday is my birthday, but my school is also playing for the national championship game. So um
0: yeah, man, people know people know who they play. Who are they playing? Where are they playing at? Let the uh, yeah, play. they
1: playing they playing Colorado School of Mines in McKinney, Texas on Saturday. Um, both schools going for their first national championship. Um, this is it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a, a good game. It's gonna be a good game. The guy, the quarterback for Colorado School of Mines, he won the Harlan Hill Trophy um, last year, which is the equivalent of the Heisman Trophy at the D two level. Mm-hmm. So he's no joke. He's a good guy, um, really good. He's got a good receiving core. It's a really good team. Both teams are undefeated going into this game. Um my alma mater Harding, they just broke the D2 most rushing yards. Um, most rushing yards in a single the season. season. I, saw ever. I saw that. Yeah, they broke that. Um, I mean, it was it was a big time, big time game in the semifinal. They whooped up on Lenore Ryan. So yeah, man, I'm I'm feeling good. I'm rubbing my school, you know, prayers out there that we're gonna go ahead and get this dub on Saturday and win the national championship.
0: Now I want to let the people know. Because we all are from Texas here, even Fractured Walnut, we all went to high school together and whatnot. And unfortunately, what I'm what I'm about to say is not unfortunate, just it is what it is. When you grew up in Texas, especially the era that we grew up in, it was Vince Young winning national championship of Texas. So at the time, we just assumed and just thought that, hey, we gotta go to a D one school to be great. You gotta go D one. That's the only way to be successful in this world playing football until a guy like ish and another guy who's not on our show brett reese was able to get opportunities at d2 schools and use those opportunities to get their degrees and be great in this world like they are doing now and the the best thing for these two guys that went through that that um journey is that they have their own story that they can tell the next generation to let them know that hey just because you're not going d1 or or you feel like you're not playing enough at the D1 level, you're more welcome to go play D two. You're more welcome to get your opportunity. And now and now with all of the uh streaming services, you're gonna be on TV. Back when back when Ish was playing in what 1862, when you was playing <laughs> <laughs> I'll mess with you. Back when you was playing for Harding, they probably maybe had one game out of the year where it was not when you say nationally televised, just maybe televised around Arkansas, right? We had
1: a nationally, we have one okay. game a year that we internationally nationally televised. Uh, we play Southern Arkansas on the CBS Sports Network while I was there. Um,
0: okay.
1: So yeah, I mean, the, definitely, and I try to explain to a lot of the kids as I talk to kids throughout, um, you know, the different schools or interactions that I have with athletes. Um, D one is not the end all be all. If you're good enough, you'll be you'll be scouted. They'll find you.
0: Um,
1: I mean, there are plenty of players in the NFL that played, you know, even down to the NAIA level, right? Um, they, they'll find you if they need to. I had plenty of uh, guys that I played with, made it to the NFL. We're lucky enough to get on teams, whether it be um, all the way through training camp. I even had one guy that I played with. He made it onto the official roster for the Buffalo Bills and played for the Buffalo Bills a couple times. So um, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't matter what level you play at. If you're good enough, they'll find you. Um, and like you said, the exposure that the opportunity to go, you know play at these schools gave us exposure to things that we weren't exposed to previously. Um, and I think now it's getting a little bit better because you are able to see some of these games, you know on national TV. You got these streaming services that give you opportunity to see some of these games. And I mean, there are a lot of great programs out there. I mean, just like on the on the playoff run that Harding had this year, they played, you know, a, what would be considered a national powerhouse in um, in Grand Valley State up there in Michigan. Um, Grand Valley in the first round, they beat the two-time defending national champions Fair State, who also went into played a D one AA school or FCS school as they're known now, and went and beat them.
0: So. Mm-hmm um i mean the talent are, has been spread out so much more so now than it ever has been in the last 20 30 40 years back in the definitely. day it was you to go to alabama michigan texas usc Notre dame you know those those schools now and you see it all around sports it's not just college level football it's nfl mlb um nhl i mean all this talent that you have now is so much college. better than never has been before so we need to appreciate what we're seeing on tv i don't want to cut you off ish I know you can go on forever talking about your heart yeah, and no, talking no, no, about no. of course what you do. That's not I, what we're here I, for. I, I'm happy for you. I'm happy for your team. Um, let's just let's just go ahead and get started on this this um this rundown for week 14 of the NFL season. And Fraxwana, like he says, he says target. Y'all ain't the target version. Y'all Costco. Now I ain't gonna lie. I don't know if that's good or bad because that oh, comes that's in good. bulk. That's gotta be well, I mean, it's in bulk, right? You know, there's some things at Costco, like I don't want in bulk. I want to be able to go to Target and be able to get. You know, you want y'all involved from Costco. I don't know about that, but we'll we'll figure it out. All right, let's go ahead and, like I said, get into this Week 14 recap. I don't want to talk about the game so much of what I'm about to get at with this Patriots Steelers game. I want to talk more about this most recent news that just broke a couple of hours ago. Now, the news that broke when it comes to Bill Belichick and the Patriots organization might be parting ways at the end of the season, so they say. I think it might be one or two things. Might be something that might not be real, because there has not been any confirmation that this is happening. I, I haven't seen any official reports on this happening. But also, let's be real, is this is also the writing on the wall of what we've seen all season long with Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Patriots are not a good team. Bill Belichick, yes, he's a great coach. Probably might be the greatest coach ever, depending on who you act, what era you grew up on, Right. But right now, 2023, the team is not good. Bill Belichick as a coach, you are not good. And we've talked about this dating back since last year on this show when it comes to how much time does Bill Belichick have on this hot seat here for the Patriots. Because last time I checked, doesn't matter who you are, from Tom Landry for the Cowboys when Jerry Jones took over or Don for the for the Dolphins or even Bill Belichick here, sooner or later your time will be up. And a team is going to have to move on from you. Um, So with that being said is what are the next steps? If this is the end all be all for this Patriot dynasty era, obviously Brady hasn't retired now. Hopefully maybe he doesn't come back in a year or two and Bill Belichick might be moving on from Boston area. Does he continue on coaching as, with a team like maybe the Chargers? We had, of course, our guy Brent talk, bring up the Panthers, which I don't know why, but is there a team that you see that he might say, I want to give it another go to show folks that I can still do this? Or does he head up into the management booth and hang out with, with Kraft uh, in, in the suites watching games on Sundays? No, nah, I mean, I, I think it, I think it's up
1: to him. I think really the only – The only person that knows whether or not Bill's had enough is Bill himself. Um, I think he could potentially go a little bit longer if he wanted to where he would go. I mean, it depends on who's willing to give him the chance, because the thing you got to think about in New England that he's been privy to is a lot of control. Um, What organization is willing to allow him to step in and grant him that kind of control especially after the rough couple seasons he's had. I mean, if I'm just looking at some of the decisions he's made in the past couple of seasons, I've looked at and looking at the record of the team in the past couple of seasons. Um, It's not looking too good for Bill. I'm just going to be honest. The decision making, it looks like maybe the game has passed him by a little bit. Um, Is he still a good um, mind when it comes to X's and O's? Yeah, you can see that. I mean, we saw that in this game, Um, you know, so yes, he can still call some plays. He can still scheme it up. Is he still a good coach? Yeah, but. I think there's a lot of things that come with him being the head coach of your team in, in your organization. And are, is there an organization that is willing to do that? Um, I don't know. Right now, I, it would be hard for me to pick, point out an organization and say, this organization really needs a guy like Bill Belichick to step in and do it. So I think it's better for him to just, you know, call it a day, you know, Ride right off into the sunset and then for the Patriots as far as what's next for them it's going to be a tough decision this offseason if they move on from Bill Belichick because they're going to have to decide are they going to continue in the Patriot way are they going to continue with that philosophy and are they going to go get one of his acolytes um whether that be a Josh right. Daniel mm-hmm. if that be a uh, Bill O'Brien, Bill, O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. I mean, maybe, maybe he's ready. He gets, to take maybe that he has another opportunity. Opportunity, yeah. right? Mike Mike Vrabel, name, Mike name Vrabel name out there. I mean, there, there are a number of guys that are out here from his, from Bill Belichick's tree. That um, if they want to continue with what Bill kind of instilled in that organization, they could definitely go with one of those guys. But if it's me. I think they just need an entire rebuild. They need an entirely because that, that system, it was the right time, the right place with the right people. I don't know that. I you don't know. That it that was a long time did. with the right people, I will say. <laughs> I don't know that. It, but hey, but it worked. that's it what worked. I'm saying. Right time, right place, right people. Like they had Tom Brady there for a long time,
0: Bill Belichick for a long time. They got when, them when it comes to time when it comes to sports, we get especially in the last 20 years. Let's just, let's just go back to early 2000s from 2000 to 20 to 2023, where we are right now. We have been spoiled as sports fans watching certain athletes do what they do for such a long period of time that we just assume that this is going to continue to keep on going, right? LeBron James for, for basketball, right? You got uh Nadal Federer and also Djokovic doing what they've doing for the last 15 years, right? You have um, um, and and and, um, and football, of course, obviously with Tom Brady, and then obviously with Bill Belichick, but not just with those guys as well. You look at the Steelers and what they've done with Mike Tomlin, right? And, and that era, John Harbaugh with the Ravens, right? You know, so we 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 assume that these guys are just going to stay here forever, and when all of a sudden when a change happens, it's like I wasn't ready for that, right? And unfortunately, the Patriots are in a position where they're going to have to rip this Band-Aid off. Right, because that's what's going on right now. To where the writing's on the wall. The organization sees what's going on. Fans might not. And I like this comment from Fraction One Up because if I'm a fan, if I'm the Patriots fans, and I'm looking at what I'm looking at, you haven't been competitive really in the last couple of of years, and it's really not just because of the quarterback position. It's other holes that you guys are missing on this roster to where, and like Fracture One says, he says, X, I talked to a few Pat- uh, Patriots fans over the past week. They all have one thing in common. They said, keep Bill, get rid of Mac. I don't know why, but they watch them more than I ever will. I think everybody's still stuck on the nostalgia of Bill Belichick. And don't get me wrong, great coach will go down again as top three, two, maybe one coach ever. But if you look at the last, not couple of drafts, But five, six, seven years of drafts, they have not been good. And like you said, if a team is going to give him control, what team is going to say, you know what, Bill Badger, we trust you because of what you've done in the last 10 years. But if you look at that resume, it really hasn't been that much in the drafting scheme of things. So I agree when it comes to Bill, if you're going to walk away Go ahead and go up into that office. I've said it before, multiple times here on the show. I'm not changing my my stance. So we'll see how that how that goes. And Fracture One, he says it's bulking season, obviously because of uh, Costco. So I understand. Got to get bulk on that part. Travis Crow says, "Oh my apologies." He says uh, my favorite sports show was fellas? We appreciate you guys for tuning in as always. Coach T says Bill Belichick is a great coach, but his time is up. Travis Crow also says he was a great coach. So brady left fresh one that says who is more likely to get axed first bill or mike now ah, that's that's easy question for me that's bill ish you asleep on me over there ish no nah, um it ain't that hard just two choices ish. yeah
1: but I don't think these either organizations is the kind of organization to to get rid of, a, to axe a guy. I just don't know that it's a hard question because I don't see either one being axed. I see it being painted more as a mutual.
0: Yeah, that's what it, that's what it was always was going to be. I've always said it from day one. It's going to be mutual right? parting ways yep. because they both have respect for one another and you're going to move on and go
1: from and, there. And if we're honest, I think Bill... In New England is more likely to be the first one to go than Mike because I easily, think easily.
0: Especially Mike, Tomlin, Mike is able to.
1: Young, to, he's still a very young guy. Very young. Like, yeah, yeah. I think not we not often even forget yet. how young he is. Like he's still so young, and I think the biggest threat to Pittsburgh if you move on from a Mike Tomlin. When we talk about players wanting to play for a guy, Mike Tomlin is. Probably the the best example of the kind of guy that has players just gravitate to his organization because they want to play for him. And if you lose that in Pittsburgh, if you take the chance and you say, you know what, let's move on from Mike Tomlin and he goes somewhere else is Pittsburgh still the destination that it once was I know a lot of these fans and a lot of these people that support some of these older organizations that have historically the been Raiders Raiders
0: the like I said some certain organizations out here that just stuck in the past and just assume because of their name that it's they're going to get everybody it's, it's and people want to that
1: destination without Mike Tomlin could, I mean, it could be. We'll, we'll see.
0: All right. comment for, Last comment from uh, Fresh One. He says, y'all think Mike would do the unthinkable no. and join the Browns? No. 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 Don't even entertain that. We're not even going to do that over here, Fracture. I, I appreciate the question. But don't don't be out here trying to play fantasy football with us, sir. We ain't doing that over no. here. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and move on to one of the games of the week. Probably the biggest game, depending on if you're a Cowboys fan or not, or you know, an Eagles fan, depending on uh, what side of the coin you are for this one. I wanted to talk about this game real quick because of not the result, because I did pick the Cowboys to win this game. That wasn't the uh, surprise of this game. The surprise was the absolute beatdown, 20-point uh, beatdown that the Cowboys put on the Eagles-ish. Um, I'll let you start off with this one, and then I'll follow up. Thoughts on the game, sir?
1: Yeah, This. I mean, this was needed from a Dallas perspective. Um, I think from an Eagle perspective, you didn't have anything to prove to Dallas or to – um to the NFL, really, it, it, Dallas needed this and Dallas needed to make this convincing. They didn't, it couldn't be one of those where you snuck it at the end sort of thing. Like Dallas needed to go out and make a statement and they did exactly that. I cannot be mad at the Cowboys for coming in with the mindset of we need to kill these guys and they killed them. They came in, they they set the tone early on, and they killed them. And this was the perfect example of a team on a mission. When they got their foot on their throat, they did not let up. They finished the job. The thing that I'm interested to see is how does Philly respond? Because I think up until the past couple of weeks, it was clear and obvious that a lot of people felt like, Damn, it's Philly's Philly's uh, NFC, Philly conference to lose, really. Philly going to go back and represent the NFC. And then we started to see the charge of San Francisco a little bit more, and people started to think, hmm, maybe San Francisco can do it, and then San Francisco went and made a statement against Philly. Mm-hmm. And then you started to think a little bit, okay, maybe Philly isn't as strong as we thought they were. Now Dallas has made a statement against Philly, and that's what if you recall last week I said, I don't care what Dallas does against the rest of these guys. It's against the the top contenders that I need to see them play their best football. And they went out and did that. And now I can positively say I include them in the top, top teams. I think that they're a real team. That defense is a defense to be reckoned with. When Dak Prescott plays like he did in this game, they are a top team. The problem that they have is their consistency. Now I need to see them not let it up. I think that they can compete with San Francisco and Philly on their day. The Eagles, we're starting to ask a little bit of questions. We're starting to ask a little bit of questions. Is the mentality there? Are they maybe, just maybe, have they been riding on the excitement Writing on the success from last year, and maybe people coming in and playing a little bit scared not scared, maybe not scared, but playing not to lose against them, if that makes sense. And that's helped them to get to where they are now. I don't think that's the case, but when we're seeing what we've seen now against two of the top contenders in the NFC, you got to start asking some questions about Philly. But they have the defensive front seven that I think in a playoff game, hey, let's run it back and let's see.
0: So if you've seen the comments, of course, uh, Coach T is an Eagles fan. And one thing I do know about real football guys that support their team they're usually harder on their team than other people right when i know what i mean by that is they want a certain level of standardness within their team and that's what coach t does obviously because he is a coach in himself and he feels this way about the eagles eagles are an embarrassment needs to do better next year needs to do a better job of coaching and a better job of being a damn head football coach also eagles have been fooling people for about 14 weeks he also says eagles oc and dc are complete Failure, as you can see, Coach T is not happy. Okay, even with a, uh, a very uh, nice record, it is not good enough for Coach T at the moment. But what I will say is that, and I've said it multiple times, regular season matters, but it does not, because at the end of the day, it does not matter what you do in regular season. Matter about what you do in the postseason. But I think the difference between this year for the Cowboys is that. And I'm not saying that this person is the reason why they're going to win a Super Bowl. But I'm saying because when you ask somebody like him that has Super Bowl experience, that has been there, done that before, and who also has uh, accolades within himself, it helps the rest of the team um, be able to feed off of him as well. I'm talking about a guy named Stephon Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore had a great game against A.J. Brown. Um, Didn't put him on lock, I mean, because of just the greatness of A.J. Brown, but definitely did contain him enough to where it allowed the Cowboys to win that game. But also with Stephon Gilmore coming from New England and bringing that expertise from the Patriots, I think that helped out tremendously, especially on the defensive side, because obviously with Diggs being out the whole season for the most part, the defense itself really hasn't missed a beat, right? And then the the, the offense, we always knew that the offense had been there. They've been there for years. You just can't put it together when it's time to put it together. But like i stated last week, They've scored 40 points over the last last week it was 4 out of 6 weeks now it's 4 out of 7 weeks cuz they didn't put up 40 this week but 30 another 30 piece plus another 20 point win which is now gives them eight wins of 20 points or more which is four more than any other team in the NFL and the team that's behind them is the 49ers that's that's really impressive Again, it's the regular season. I'm going to give them their kudos where they deserve it right now. But I need to see this in the postseason. Because, like you said, Ish, if you get to the get to the postseason and you match up with the 49ers, the, the Eagles, whoever it is, and all of a sudden you play not to lose. Instead of laying your hair down to go out there and playing cowboy football, now all of a sudden, hello, you know, right? So, um, it's just one of those things where this really could be the year for the Cowboys. I think if you're a Cowboys fan, this might, you know, you might want to hold up a second and just wait. You know, you've been saying it for 20 plus years now. But this is this this looks like a very, very good opportunity. And if you're not able to capitalize this year on the opportunity, Cowboys fans, if not now, then win. Right because you don't have too many years left of that, pro, of that type type of play that he's playing MVP level right now. You don't have too many years of this. You're not going to have too many years of this defense playing as elite as he's been playing for years now. So if you don't get it now, Jerry Jones might be in the dirt and not be able to see another one. I'm just being honest. So let me get to the comment section right quick. I think this is a great comment by Fracture Walnut. I did not forget about you, Fracture. I just wanted to wait until he got here to ask this question. What's bigger, Dak winning this game or Hurts dropping another game-ish? Dak winning the game. I think there's no, I agree. There's, I
1: agree. There's more pressure on Dak. There's more, um, like I said, I think it's similar. I think the, the expectations for Dak and the Cowboys are one and the same. We want to see how they're going to perform against the better teams. We've seen enough of them pulling out. These great performances against these mediocre to average to slightly above average teams. We know they can do it. Where they tend to struggle is against these better teams, against the real contenders. Mm-hmm. And even sometimes they may have these good games in the season. Come playoff time, they go missing. Lay a nut. So Lay a nut. it's bigger that Dak won this, but then the question becomes. Can you do it in the playoffs?
0: Pretty much. Are we gonna
1: see the same thing in the playoffs or are y'all gonna lay an egg again?
0: Coach D says Dak Prescott MVP. I will say he's in the race. I don't wanna, I don't think he's the MVP just yet. Um I just think I honestly think this award is gonna come down to the last week. Like it is too it's too many good players out here. And I think everybody is performing at a high level to where you can just give it to one player right now. That's just my opinion. Coach T also feels some type of way about Kevin Bayard. You said Tennessee could have kept Kevin. And he played well and he was an all pro in Tennessee. Maybe it's that defensive coordinator coaching that might need to be looked at a little bit differently. I don't know, but we'll see what happens with you guys moving forward. Frank Romano says, looks like Mike was right to let go of more because the Chargers look bad on offense. Let's just let's give the Chargers a chance until they get rid of Brandon Staley. Let's let's get rid of Brandon Staley and then we'll see how that Chargers team look after Brandon Staley. Let's let's give them let's get them some grace, please. Uh Fractuano says Mike definitely earned an extension this season. So again, hell of a game. Um and for the Cowboys when it comes to uh what they are hoping to accomplish by the time the season's over. It, and they can probably look back on week 14 and say, hey, this was this was the game that helped them propel into the postseason another great game with another matchup by these two teams once again bills and chiefs um i'll start off with this first um i did pick the bills to win this game again the way i looked at this game was similar to the eagles cowboys as in this is just a regular season game i think the bills are coming in with something to to prove more so than the Chiefs, Um, and the bills were able to take care of business in kansas city obviously It wouldn't be a Bills and a Chiefs game without some type of last-minute controversy, right-ish? I mean, it wouldn't be a game at all between these two without something going on. Of course, the biggest play, non-play, was the various Tony foot being on the line, over the line, whatever you want to call it, and ended up bringing back another backyard football type of play from Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Um, I will say this, that play, if that shit did stand though, ish, put Travis Kelsey in the hall of fame right then and there, because for that boy to be running the way ish, and you know this as a wide receiver, you are in a dead sprint. You try, you stop, and then you have to literally throw across the field. And we, and if you know about Travis Kelsey, yes, he did play quarterback back in his heyday. But to be able to make a throw like that and you do obviously have to lateral the ball backwards and to throw it right to Tony to have Tony finish the job, that was very impressive to me. Again, even though the play got wiped and you probably don't care about everything that's been going on with the Chiefs because you guys aren't winning, I thought that was very impressive. Unfortunate that the play got called back, but I did go back and look at the play. I did go back and see that it's Cavarius, right? Am I saying it right? Kadarius. Kadarius, my apologies. Kadarius. He did look at the referee, but he did not check with the referee to verify that he was on the line. And what I mean by that is, and Ish knows this very well, when you are the wide receiver on the line of scrimmage, you not so much just look at the look at the referee. You look at him, you point at him, and you verify from him that I am on the line. Because once you get that nod from the ref that you're on the line, there's no reason why he should throw that flag. Now, I understand I've seen screenshots of people that have played games throughout the season, maybe last year, 10 years ago, whatever it is, they're trying to find every other receiver that had their foot on the line and trying to compare and contrast and all that crap. Can we stop doing that, please? Can we stop? it? It doesn't matter what y'all pull out y'all, y'all buttholes when it comes to what receiver did this and what receiver did that. The game ain't going to change. We're not going to run back the game and, and, and play back the game because y'all feelings are hurt. OK, so it is what it is. It's an L. It is not going to be. The, it's not the first L of your life, Patrick Mahomes and, and, the, and the Kansas City Chiefs. It ain't going to be the last. You learn from it. You move on and get ready for the, uh, the postseason, which you guys will be in, and guess what? Because you are Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City Chiefs, people are going to respect you and you might be able to find a way to get to the Super Bowl just because of everybody being scared to play in Arrowhead. That's just my opinion on that one. Let's get to the comment section right quick. It says, oh, ish, first-round draft pick on a wide receiver for the Chiefs this year, question mark. Also, Music City Miracle 2.0 if stood. And shout-out to Frank Wajek, rest in peace. And also, Frank Juana says, man, He's been playing wide receiver since he was a child. He knew better and needs to be better, ish. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with. I'm done with the non. I'm done with the nonsense, man.
1: I'm done with the nonsense. I'm done with this wide receiver group. Um, a bunch of jokers that they got out there playing wide receiver. Um, I saw all the comments. I saw Andy Reid talking about normally we get a warning. I saw Patrick Mahomes go to shake Josh Allen's hand and go complain like a, like an idiot talking about mm, it was bad call, man. Bad call, man. I saw all that nonsense and it made me sick to my stomach. It made me sick to my stomach. You are a professional football player from Little League. You are taught to point, check with the with the ref if you are on the line. Make sure you get confirmation that yes, you are on the line, and then you play ball. I watched the video. Yes, he pointed, he looked, but I can tell you for a fact he didn't actually get confirmation of whether or not he was on the line. He quick. It's it's like a going through the motion sort of thing. Like you just went, he pointed, looked, and then went back to his business. He didn't actually get the confirmation on whether or not he was on the line. And
0: and also let the viewers know too as well, there are times, because we've been there, done that, high school or college where if you are not on the line the referee will tell you hey no up tell you or the backup. they'll tell you the hey back up. Say, no,
1: back up or get exactly. yes, screwed up whatever like you'll get confirmation if you actually take the time to make sure that you are on the line and you looking at this man like bro am i on the line or not i get it that you going through the motions normally you know what you're doing you lined up but this is absolutely ridiculous like i said they got a group of jokers that's playing wide receiver for them and it is a shame this team to have so many of these situations and to continually try to call the refs out or say oh the refs making bad calls oh normally they give us a warning well this receiver in week two he lined up on the line and y'all didn't give a call it then like that's not taking accountability. That, to me, is not a winning team. That, to me, is a team looking for excuses for why they lost the game. If you are a winning team, if you have a winning pedigree, a winning mentality, a winning culture, you own up to that, and you say, you know what? We got to be better than that. Because at the end of the day, you got to be better than that. You should be better than that. And the Chiefs right now, if I'm being honest, they are a bunch of jokers. But they're not making the Super Bowl. You over here talking about people being scared of them. Man, not a damn team in the AFC should be scared of playing the Chiefs right now. I don't care what they're talking about. All that nonsense that they everybody talking about Patrick Mahomes or whatever. Listen, Patrick is great. Okay. But if you have been watching Chiefs games this year, what are you scared of? A dude throwing interceptions to you? Because he's throwing a bunch of bad interceptions. Obviously, I get a lot worried about the Swifties
0: coming at them. Yeah, right.
1: I get a lot of the interceptions have been miscommunications. Maybe they have been there are some things that have been out of his control in some of these interceptions. But a lot of them also have just been bad. Bad at bad times. Things that can't happen between professional players. Again, it all has to be seen in the context of. These guys are professionals. I'm not saying I'm gonna go out there and run better routes than you, catch some of these balls, do this and that. But what I am saying is for your level
0: at your age, you should be doing better. I thought the African dad was about to come out of you. I was waiting for the African dad. You're not gonna give us some of that edge. No, I'm, I'm
1: not, not man, because I'm, I'm done, done with them. them. I'm, just, I'm I'm sick. sick. I'm sick, I'm sick and tired. That this week. Watching that and just seeing all the nonsense that came out about that was sickening, bro. It was so sickening to see them out there crying and moaning about a call that was clearly the right call. Like, that's probably the worst part is like it was clearly, clearly the right call. Like that dude was outside. (laughs) I, I don't know in what world we go out here and cry about the fact that the dude was outside when he was outside like come on what are you talking about that's what was so painful to watch the whole week they were out here literally crying about
0: something that was in fact true he was outside I think the funny thing about this comment that Fracture Wano put up, he says, X-ish and Reese Jr. signing with the Chiefs next year. Six months to get in shape, and y'all would do much better than Tony. I think the funny thing about this comment is that, Fracture, I love you and all you, my guy, but you literally, what, what we were talking about when it comes to Patriots fan living in the past. This is in the past. Give me 10 years ago. I got you, baby. I got you. Right now, ain't happening. Had I ain't it, right? got
1: I'll you. Tell you right I ain't now, got you. I pull, I pull my hammer not today. <laughs> I got
0: there. I go out there and pull my hammer real quick,
1: just mm. running
0: out the huddle yeah. to line up. I, I'll be. I'll be on the sideline. I'll get past some water or something like that. And Nah. No. Nah. Uh, wanted said, lock up eighty-seven. You got a dub in your pocket. One hundred percent. He says, LMAO, at your h. At your h. At your h. h. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm not gonna spend too much time on this anymore. Uh, we'll, we'll follow up with these two teams and we'll see what happens. The AFC, the AFC, um, race right now when it comes to the playoff spots is crazy. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk about that more next week when we get a little bit more clarity, uh, after week 15, because right now it's just a, a jumbo cluster of eight and seven win teams. So we'll see what happens with that. I want to talk about this game very, very briefly. Um, because this is one of those, this is one of those gotcha games, right? This is one of those games where, you know, the Texans have been playing well the last couple of weeks, right? You won a game that you probably shouldn't have a couple of weeks ago, and you're riding high. The, the The rookie quarterback is playing well; he's in MVP, MVP conversations. Last week, unfortunately, Tank Dell goes out out for the rest of the season, right? Now this week, you go up to. East Rutherford, New Jersey, and you expect to get a, an easy win against a team that can barely score touchdowns, right? Well, that's why they play the game. And not so much did the Texans lose the game, but they also might lose CJ Stroud for at least a week, depending on how his concussion protocol situation goes. And if he misses this week, they do play the Tennessee Titans. Things can get very interesting for that AFC South division because that division isn't settled just yet. We assume that the Jags would take it and run, but they're not running with it so far. And I was assuming that the Texans might find a way, but giving up a game like this doesn't help your chances at all. I'm not saying the Titans go the division because I don't believe that at all. But if the, te- if the Texans find a way, I'm sorry, if the Titans find a way to upset the Texans next Sunday, that can ruin everything for the Texans and what they're trying to accomplish this year. But like I've always stated for them, this is the foundational year. You have to learn from all of this good and all of the bad that you're going through, because this is a part of the NFL football. If you, if you've been watching all season long, there've been teams that beat teams. They ain't supposed to, I mean, it happens every year, right? It just, it happens. And the reason why it happens because you guys are professional football players playing with pride and the Jets Felt some type of way, you know, Texas coming in and Texas were a three-point road favorite and the Jets outright beat the mess out of them by, by 24 points. So with that being said, let me get to the comment section right quick because this is for actual team here. He says, "Uh, oh, this was a terrible, terrible game. First half was completely unwatchable. Also says, say me and my homie was talking about uh, John M came up and we both said he still ain't right because with his skill base, he should have just slid right in where Tank was. So, and you're talking about, of course, John Minchie there uh, for, uh, Robert receiver there for the Texans still coming off of his leukemia situation. Um, unfortunately, when you play professional sports, um, people that, I'm sorry, people might know that you're going through things, injury, sickness, illnesses, things of that nature. But um, I'm not saying people don't care, but when you are on the field, If you're healthy enough to play, people want you to produce. It just is what it is, right? Uh, So I do agree with with, with Fracture there when it comes to, hey, you need some other folks to step up. Uh, but overall, I mean, the Jets took care of business. I mean, they they put it to the Texans. I don't think this was a game that the Texans were prepared for. I think they were prepared. I think it was. I think they got punched in the mouth and didn't realize that they got punched well, in the mouth really too
1: late. I think it was a situation of wrong team, wrong time, right? So you missing Dalton Schultz. You missing Nico Nico Collins ends up going out early on. Tank Dell's not there. Um it Wasn't it, Noah Brown played right? Yeah, I believe, he played, he but he played. wasn't. He wasn't. Uh, the run game has been abysmal all year and you're facing a super bowl caliber defense like i i understand everybody look at the jets records and people are quick to think the jets are just a bad team but when you really look at the jets they have a super bowl caliber defense they just can't score points the and when you play a team like houston which they're still learning how to be winners they're learning how to be the the you know the favorites in these games they're gonna have situations like this where they just aren't able i mean it was raining it was just an ugly situation wrong team wrong time you play the team that has a top level defense and when the defense is doing what they did to Houston, I mean, C.J. Stroud with the lowest total um, yards, I think, in his entire career. Um, when you play defense like that, your defense has to step up. You They have to be able to answer. And unfortunately for the Texans, their defense has been up and down, up and down. It's, it's, it's one of those things. Um, also, Will Anderson out. I mean, there were so many things that just went wrong for Houston that you look at it and you just say – Wrong time, wrong team. Maybe you're able to bounce back, but also it's a learning opportunity, right? Like part of playing in the NFL, part of being in the NFL, part of winning a division, being that kind of team that's able to make it into the playoffs and make deep runs into the playoffs is finding a way to win these games when it is just seems like it's all stacked against you. And that's the one thing that when I was watching – I was just like, yeah, they still need a little bit more time. And I don't have a problem with that because it's, it's, you know, yeah, it's yeah. Miguel Bryant's first year, C.J. Stroud's rookie, Bobby Slovic the office coordinator, rookie. Like, they're all learning in these positions, and for them to be doing as well as they're doing, I mean, I think some people are overlooking it and thinking like, oh, man, what happened? They should have won this. When in reality, when you put it into perspective, for them to be where they're at, they're doing, like, they're overachieving as is. So it's just icing on the cake if they are able to continue to go on and win this division, make the playoffs. Like, that's all icing on the cake for them this season. They are already overachieving what was expected of them, and it's great to see them do that. Um For the Jets, and yo, man, Zach Wilson. Um...
0: <laughs> he, sl- he
1: slain that thing.
0: He's out there and, that
1: thing. You know, we, we we're gonna have to see what this going to look like.
0: I definitely took the under for yards on him, and I was unfortunate wrong. Unfortunate wrong on that one. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the question of the day for our mini helmet here, signed by Mister Leonard Williams here, that I'll be giving away at the end of the season and delivery. Question number four: Which tight end has the most playoff receptions? That is it. That is all. That is the question for Me. tonight. Again, what tight end... I'm sorry, my bad. Which tight end, my apologies, has the most playoff receptions? Do not put the answer in the comment section. Keep it to yourself, because you will need the answer later on once we, of course, reveal the winner of the mini helmet at the end of the season. one uh, also says, I told y'all earlier this year, I only expected about four wins, so I'm happy... With how this played out, a great learning experience. All right, we're gonna be very, very quickly. We're going about to get up out of here in about 15 more minutes. So quickly, I want to discuss the Jaguars Browns game. It wasn't pretty uh, because of just these teams; they're not pretty. But the outcome of this game with the Browns winning and the Jags losing, losing, I'm kind of concerned with the Jags especially with Trevor Lawrence, with his injury situation. Um, I know, obviously, he was healthy enough to play now, but how really healthy is he moving forward? And also with the Browns team, like you said, with the Jets, they have a, they do have a Super Bowl caliber defense. The question is, is, can Joe Flacco be the reason why they get to the postseason and maybe even an AFC Conference Championship game, which I'm not going to go that far, but – one thing that the Browns were luckily to be able to have fall in their lap is a quarterback with postseason experience, Super Bowl experience. We, you know, people can disrespect Joe Flacco when they want to, but Joe Flacco played well in those playoff runs with the Ravens. And this Browns team is similar to the Ravens team when it comes to good defense, decent running backs. All you gotta do is make sound throws, don't turn the ball over, and you give us an opportunity to win a game. So for the Browns, I want to keep an eye out on them because maybe they can be that sneaky team, number five and number six seed in the AFC. Um, I mean, because right now I don't see them winning the division over the Ravens, but I do see them maybe getting an opportunity to get a high seed in the wild card sp- spot-ish. 100%. I can see them getting a wild card and they're a team.
1: They're the kind of team you don't want to play in the playoffs because the way they are built, they're built for playoff football. They're built to run the ball, control the clock, and play good-ass defense. And when you play a team like that, um, come playoff time in that cold weather, it's just not a good look. So, yeah, I agree with you from that standpoint. For Jacksonville, yeah, I am I am hella concerned because you know why? anS T-I-T-A-N-S, Titans, Titans, the best. ANS, T-I-T-A-N-S, Titans, Titans, the best.
0: Yes, has a a chat for every team if y'all don't know this. But the
1: Titans are Titans are coming, okay? The Titans are coming. Will Levis and the Titans are on their way. And um one thing that people need to know, hey, when the Titans come into town
0: with Will Levis. Let's let's hold up a little bit. We'll talk about them in a little bit. You can you save all your soliloquy for that game in a second. Let's just hold off on that. Practice wanna says is Joe still on the team? I see some posts about him being dropped back to the practice squad. I, practice squad. I did see that. I don't. And, and I was talking to Ish about this when it comes to quarterback trans uh, transactions over the season with Malik Willis. I'm sorry, Malik uh, cutting totally. him yeah. for the for the Patriots. You dropped him. I'm sorry, released at one point in time. Brought him back to the practice squad. Brought him up to the active roster, give him a three-year deal, bring him back to the practice squad, bring him back to the active roster. Now you trade him to the Ravens. I, I don't understand what's going on with these transactions um, within organizations. Now maybe a lot of this could be when it comes to money aspect, and I'm talking about with the Patriots. I don't know what's going on here with the, with the Browns. I, I'm confused because last time I checked, Joe Burrow. Oh, I'm sorry, Joe Flacco. My apologies is the only quarterback that you need to be playing right now. If it's not Deshaun Watson. BTR is a good quarterback, but remind everybody he's still a rookie and he's still learning, and the, and the Browns are trying to win right now. They are not needing to be in a rebuild mode or a, transmission mode, a transition mode or whatever it is. They need to win right now. So um, I don't know what's going on with that. I expect him to be the starter this upcoming week. Don't be surprised at all. Tomorrow, if you see a report saying that Joe Flacco's back on the active roster Again, I don't know what's going on with these transactions. I'm not paying too much attention to it. As long as you, as long as you just start her on Sunday, that's all I care about. All right, let's go ahead and uh, get to Ravens-Rams game. Crazy game, crazy finish. Uh, overtime punt return finish to win the game for the Ravens. Uh, crazy last minute for the Ravens' Lamar Jackson to score a go-ahead touchdown with he thought at first. Um, I was watching the game actually on my phone. So when, when uh, Lamar threw that, that go-ahead touchdown, which we thought at first, Tuesday, Flowers the game was over with. And I was about to give all my kudos to Lamar when it comes to doing what he was able to do. Um, and then all of a sudden, I saw that the game was still going on. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Saw there in overtime. Then all of a sudden, I looked up again, the game's over. And I'm like, what the hell just happened? So with that 20-minute that span, there was a lot that went on for that Rams-Ravens uh, game. Um, even though the Ravens did win the game, I'm definitely looking at the Rams like man the Rams they one thing that they do they they are definitely uh, what's the word they resilient that's the word I'm looking for uh-huh. they they are resilient because they easily could tuck their tails in between their butts and and, and just go elsewhere and go home and 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 say hey the season's over with but they definitely fight and they compete and they've been doing that all season long um and that's Matt Stafford Matt Stafford has always been built that, that way you know I know he doesn't get all the accolades that he probably should and deserve, especially due to injury and, you know, all those things like that. But he's always been a dog ever since he, he played with the Lions. And um, even though the record doesn't look great for the, for the Rams, they play some pretty decent football. But for the Ravens, I just want to state say this and state it on this show. They are the number one seed at the moment. If I'm looking at the rest of the teams in the AFC South, I'm sorry, in the AFC Conference as, as a whole, there should be no reason why the Ravens should not be in the Super Bowl this year. Like you said, it, somebody should be afraid of the Chiefs anymore, right? Jacksonville is the number two seed. We don't know if they're serious or not, right? Um, and then, of course, you have the Steelers, the, the Browns, um, and, and a couple other teams in the AFC to where it's just like when the Ravens are playing at full capacity, it's very hard to beat them, especially if they are in the bank. So for right now, I have – this is Lamar's year, just like I'm, just like I'm looking at Dak on the NFC side, these two guys need to get it done this year. If they don't, Lamar has more years to to get it done. Besides that, but this is a very good year for this Ravens team to get to the Super Bowl. And if they don't, I I just uh, ish. I don't I don't know, man. Like I I don't know what else more do you need to give Lamar? Obviously, I guess besides healthier wide receivers, but you know, Odell uh, Beckham, he's been there. Right. He's been he's been showing up. Zay Flowers' been there all season long. Bateman needs to needs to pick it up. But for the most part, you know, the team as a whole has been doing what they need to do. Fresh one that says, Do you trust uh Lamar Jackson now? The Ravens looking good, wide receivers not dropping as many balls and not so many turnovers. It's not that I don't trust him or or I do trust him. It's just like I talk about the Cowboys, just like I talk about with other teams, it's the postseason. Like The regular season doesn't mean anything to me when it comes to Lamar Jackson. He, I look at him as an elite talent. So when you're an elite talent, we talk about what you do in the postseason. That is it. That is all. He's gonna have all the highlights, all the accolades in the regular season, all he wants to. It's about what you do in the regular season. So let's wait until we get in the postseason. Talk a little bit more about Lamar and the Baltimore Ravens from there. Ish. Anything you got to say about this game before we move on? No, I
1: mean, it was just uh, one of those games where uh, if you're a contender, if you're a team that we're expecting to be up there in the conversation for the Super Bowl, this is the kind of game you got to find a way to win. And they found a way to win, which definitely made me um, support them a
0: little bit more as far as, uh, yeah, they're the real deal. All right, let's go ahead and wrap it up with not one, but two Monday Night Football games, which I don't know why they do this at week 14, but I will say I definitely enjoyed it. I was watching the Manning cast uh, for this for these two games. So the best thing about it was kind of like watching Red Zone. But with the Mannings to where I didn't watch any commercials, I was literally able to watch both games going back and forth. And I did see a, a suggestion online today and people were asking, should the NFL do this more often when it comes to primetime games, having multiple primetime games? uh on a monday night uh in the future and instead of like a stupid in-season tournament for the uh, nfl i'm sorry nba i think this is something that's actually smart and genius because unfortunately we always complain about how bad the primetime game is right either thursday night or sometimes we have a dud on monday night both of these games luckily for for the fans were good. They were actually were good games, and 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 were games that ended until the, the last minute or so to win these games. But also, why not have again two of these games playing on a? I rather these games played on Monday night and Thursday night. How about we scrap? How about we scrap Thursday night? You get one game on. You get one game for Monday night for ESPN. One game for Amazon Amazon Prime. So everybody can still get their money. And we were able to watch both games. That's probably not going to happen, of course, obviously because of money and 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 licensing and marketing and all that fun stuff. But um, I think this was great when it comes to being able to have this at this point of the season. Both teams uh, for the Giant Giants and the, and the Titans were able to pull off upset wins. Uh, mainly the Giants because they're just not that good right now, and the Packers are trying to find a way to still make the playoffs in the NFC. And then this Titans and Dolphins game, it makes me, of course, have to side out the Dolphins. I know Tyreek Hill was hurt about most of the game and whatnot. He came back in and tried to play through it. But it's the same story with the Dolphins. It's been like this for a couple of years now when it comes to hell of a hell of a regular season. find a way, to not even make the playoffs or do make the playoffs, lose in the first round, right? So for the Dolphins right now, you're looking real pretenderish. We're about, to get in, we're about to get into contenders and pretenders real soon, but they don't look like a team that I'm too concerned about in the postseason because of if Tyreek Hill is hurt or he if he's shut down or contained, who do, who's stepping up? Waddle, where are you at? You know, Braxton Berrios, you know, where are you at? <laughs> uh, Raheem Mostert, you know, really, really good running back, but can you tote that thing when we need you to carry that thing 20, 22 times, you know, for this upcoming game? That's, those are question marks that I feel like are still needing to be answered for the Dolphins and also the defense itself. Jalen Ramsey, for whatever reason, anytime he runs into the t- them Tennessee Titans, they just find a way to make Jalen Ramsey look really embarrassed, uh, embarrassing, I should say. So, ish. Please help me out with this team for the Dolphins and also let me know your thoughts on this Packers and Giants game besides the the agent uh, for for Tommy DeVito and and his uh, social media. Uh, shout out from from all of these sports sites and whatnot when it comes to him looking like, you know, of course, part of the mafia. Um, give me your take on these games. Do you like these two Monday Night Football games Is it something that they need to scrap? Let me know your thoughts.
1: Um, you know, I wasn't really a fan of the two Monday Night Football games. I felt like it was a lot going on on the Monday night um, and I don't I didn't really feel like I could give my full attention to both games. Um, like I normally can when it's one game going on. Um, for the Titans game, like I said, just beware when Will Levis comes to town; all bets are off. Um, I don't think that there's anything to say against the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins have and will continue to be a frustrating team because you we for years now have been saying that they should be performing better than they have, that they should be doing a little bit better, that they should be ready to compete. And then they always have these setbacks that you just kind of shake your head at and question like, bro, what's going on over there in Miami? So um, this was just one of those games for me, but nothing to get really too scared or uh, overanalyze. I think it's just one of those games. We'll see how they bounce back. If they don't bounce back, if they we start to see them kind of drop into a little slump, um, then maybe we need to look at you know what's going on. As far as for um, the other game, It's I don't want to watch this game. I didn't want to watch that game. I didn't want to watch that game. And then I was watching the game, and I was like, it's not bad, but I still don't know why y'all made this a prime time game. Um the Packers, if I'm just being honest, well, again, Jordan, if you Love, looked
0: at the matchup before everybody got hurt, you had a young Jordan Love going against a young Danny Dimes. You know, that was the, the nostalgic. I mean, that was the draw, and then also the fan bases. The fan bases are gonna help with mark with uh viewership. That's just how that even happened. then I didn't want to watch that shit.
1: Okay. And just nice it. win the game just
0: made it worse for the NFL. I definitely did though. Was, so I definitely did. Let me get back to this comment because I told Fracture One that I would not forget about you when it comes to this When He asked about all aboard the Mayo train. Have you changed your thoughts on Will Levis? I will say, and again, I'm a I'm a realistic person when it comes to football and how have you football? I'm not sold yet, but Seriously. but but <laughs> I will say that his performance last night definitely made me. Um, gave Mm -hmm. me an opportunity to say maybe I can look at him being the starter moving forward, but we've seen this. I've seen this with Ryan Tannehill. I've seen this with Marcus Mariota. I've seen this when, when it comes to a quarterback being able to pull victory out of the jaws of defeat like i've seen this before marcus mariota threw a damn touchdown pass to himself because Darrell revis knocked it down right into his hands and we want a playoff game that way right so i don't want to crown him just yet he's a good quarterback he plays he plays well he makes the offense better because he is the quarterback i'm not denying any of that my question is is he the right guy? I just, I don't, I don't know yet. I don't know yet. I, I'm I'm not sold yet. Same thing with Tannehill when everybody was so hype about Tannehill. I didn't see it. And as we can see, we're still stuck in the same spot we were at before Tannehill got here. So let's give him a little bit more games. Same thing with CJ Stroud. Everybody's so quick to crown him and say he's the next thing. But all of a sudden you hurt and you're not able to play. And guess what? Your best ability is availability. So, it's just one of those things where let's just let's let these guys play it out I, I i would like to see more games from will and we'll go from there all right let's go ahead and finish up tonight with contenders and pretenders Start with contenders and Isha and i agree that the 49ers the ravens and the cowboys at this moment are legit contenders and the pretenders at the moment are the lions the chiefs and the jaguars we'll touch more about we'll touch more on bases about this next week um we'll talk more of course about um the uh playoff playoff seating uh next week of course will be week 15 so we're literally in the last month of the nfl season so every week uh moving forward uh, after this week we'll literally be talking about playoff standings and who's who's where what playoff matches look like and we're we're, we're getting ready to to end the season i say it every year it's a fast but slow season and here we are once again so, week 15 pregame show will start on Sunday here on Next Talking Ish, 10 o'clock Central Time, 11 o'clock Eastern Time. Thank y'all once again, as always, for tuning in. Make sure, of course, if you are tuning in to the podcast, leave us a couple of notes and let us know that you're tuning in to the podcast. We well, appreciate you. I see the numbers. So, I appreciate you guys, as always, for tuning into the podcast. Ish, is there anything you like to tell the people before we get out, out of here? Go bisons. Go Bison, go Bison! If you are in Dallas, go ahead and check out that game, or you know, just swing by Cowboy Stadium and just say hello to those uh hardworking Arkansas man out there, and also those Colorado School of mine gentlemen out there. D two guys, they deserve a little bit of love. I say hi to them. Won't, won't say hi to them. All right, as always, we appreciate y'all. We'll see y'all on Sunday. I'm sorry. Yes, on Sunday here, X Talking ish Week Fifteen uh, pre uh, Week Fifteen Recap Show here on Tuesday next week as well. Thank y'all once again. See y'all next week.